Welcome, everybody, to your favorite cryptid podcast, the Paranatural Cryptid Preservation Society, brought to you by myself, Sleuth, and my co-host, Kellick. Say hi, Kellick. Hello. Hello. How's it going? Tonight, tonight we're going to be bringing you a spoopy cryptid that was brought to life by the creepypastas, but it has been around for millennia because it has a dark Does history, it? guys. Oh, yes. It does. It is the rake. Yes, the rake. So... The creepy guy. Okay. Okay. The rake... A lot of people know that the rake started with the whole, like, creepypasta thing and all that. But, like, I think it's been around for a lot longer than that. I mean, realistically, it dates all the way pre-1600s. So, it goes back really far. But what exactly is it? That is the question. Well, it's been compared to a lot of things. It's been compared to the Wendigo or the Windy Boys, those of us who do not like to pronounce the entirety of the yes. names. <laughs> it has been it's been um compared to the skinwalker it's been compared to the flesh gate which is a new one for me the flesh gate is yeah. a new one for me i've never heard that one before and that that flesh flesh gate and it's not like gate doesn't like close the gate guy the dogs are in the backyard it's gate uh-huh. as in like like g a i gate flesh gate like and it, like that, you're strolling uh, strolling down the road with a, a long gate like yeah right yeah that thing and that the just the word flesh putting flesh gate together just flesh it just sounds like right? a big bag of flesh like it's like a jelly bean but squishy and then you give it claws and sharp teeth and there you go it's flesh gate, so, but it's not. It's actually like really yucky. It's yeah. tall and creepy, and it's got long arms. It goes all the way down to its knobby knees, and it doesn't have any swagger. If that's what you're thinking about, it has no swag. <laughs> no, it's just gross. So, basically, the description is this emaciated creature between the height of six feet and eight feet. Um, with extremely large or long limbs, like arms, legs, very long, lanky, uh, very, very skinny. And like I said, very emaciated looking, white, pale skin. Um, Sometimes people explain it as being kind of wet and oozy looking, kind of like salamander skin. Um, Other people just say it's white hairless you know skin um with blacks yeah that's no. a great word isn't it <laughs> white and oozy oh god no that's like uh what's the guy that you were we were talking about earlier yeah we, from we touched Edadorpa. on this guy earlier from where from Edadorpa, the story of Edadorpa, um, early right. 1900s, early 1900s story about a guy who journeys into uh, the interior of the earth, which um, we do have a podcast on that, the Inner Earth Mysteries. So if you guys want to check that out, we are on Spotify and iHeartRadio. Uh, link Shameless is plug. Above. 
shameless plug. <laughs> but yeah, so same kind of description, emaciated looking, pale skin, like white skin, hairless, mm. kind of wet, oozy looking skin, um, very amphibian almost like. Um, mm-hmm. But these almost seem like less more like scavengers like if there was a hierarchical system i feel like the creature that was in edadorpa is on like a higher level of like stature uh like its status is a little bit higher because that one didn't seem quite as emaciated or anything like that but it still had the same kind of features of like the white pale skin very tall uh, black eyes which these, they have black eyes and like this, almost like a beak-like mouth, but mm-hmm. they don't have a nose. Like the nose is basically just like Voldemort with like the, the nostrils, you know, being General holes. grossness. Yeah. Right. So kind of a <laughs> looking face. Uh, but yeah. And they crawl on all fours even though they've mm-hmm. got like really long legs and they can walk on two legs. Um, right. But the learning yes, I'm learning my SAT words and I'm using them in a sentence today. <laughs> <laughs> we are yeah. so smart. We are so smart. Who I get a gold star. <laughs> But yeah, these things are these things are really creepy, and um, they're mostly found in like wooded areas or like farmland, typically at night. Although they have been seen during the day, and I guess during the day they mostly hide in cave systems, tunnel systems, like under bridges, mm-hmm. kind of thing. It's almost like little fleshy trolls i guess like hairless yeah. trolls I don't, know. I don't really know how to explain it but that does bring They're up an ex- yeah that does bring up a an excellent question though are they related what? to the fae girl look i spent two hours today two hours i brought out my books i brought out my encyclopedia of the fairy folk and i was trying I was trying to find something. And you know what I did figure out, though, in, in all of that? What's digging that? around? Is that nobody knows a <laughs> definitive answer Sweet. on what the Unseelie Court is actually like. They're lumped all together, all as one. The Unseelie Court literally has a definition as they all are one unblessed or unclean. That's it. You don't get to so, see like there's got to be a book if anybody knows if there's a book out there on just the unseelie court with nothing but the bad nasties I would like it please send it in my right? direction because I need to know nobody ever talks about that like so these Mm-mm. things are like a subterranean creature which a lot of the uh, the fae are supposed to be kind of a subterranean I mean under the subterranean ground subterranean trolls right yes. And, I mean, these match a lot of, well, some of the descriptions of the Fae, for sure, but more so, like, the characteristics. So, like, in terms of behaviors. So, for instance, they've been known to mimic voices. They have been Mm -hmm. known to shapeshift and take the Mm -hmm. forms of humans or other creatures. Um, 
but I don't think that the so in all the videos that I I watched all of the YouTube sightings and all that now allegedly they're real. Who knows if they're real or not? I mean, it's YouTube. What the rake? But are we talking about the rake? I'm talking about the YouTube videos. Oh, oh, okay. About the rake. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. They don't seem that um, predatory towards like full-grown humans. From right. like the attacks that I have read about, and there have been a couple actual attacks um, were like towards small children. And supposedly these creatures tend to eat, like they feed on rabbits and like young deer, things that are easy to catch and, you know, part of wildlife, which makes me think they're more of a natural creature. Now, whether they're, you know, mangy bears that have, you know, have no fur, because that's a thing and they're terrifying looking. I mean, have you ever seen a bear with a, have you ever seen a bear without fur? It's terrifying. I've seen a hairless bear. I've seen emaciated yeah. hairless bear before. They're not, um, they're, they're very unfortunate looking. They're unfortunate right? looking. I feel so, bad for the hairless bears. And then in other pictures where they're like in the sewers and stuff, popping their heads out, they look like they're curious, and, but also timid and afraid and not like they're going to just like come after you. And mm-hmm. I even heard one story where... Um, a girl was in the woods, she was hiking along and this thing like peeked out from behind a tree and then like it slunk down to the ground and started crawling on all fours out from behind the tree, which obviously scared the daylights out of her. And she was so afraid, right? She was so afraid that she just kind of froze in place and closed her eyes and, tried to pretend it didn't exist and that's when the thing ran towards her raced past her leaving her alone and when she opened her eyes after it raced past her she looked around and it was running in the opposite direction as if it was afraid of her so that doesn't seem like the like a predatory nature it's all these things are almost like scavengers or opportunist eaters. I don't know. What do you think? Are you sticking up for the rake? I I almost feel like I got to. Like, don't get me wrong; they're terrifying looking. They have right? yeah. you know, this. Ga- they have a gaping mouth that is almost like beak-like, sharp teeth, big eyes. You know, mm-hmm. Voldemort nose, mm-hmm. but they're emaciated, but. They just look timid and afraid. Like, I don't know why. Like, I, I don't know. Sure, they you might be bad. dangerous. I do. I feel bad for them. <laughs> you feel bad for the rake. I do. You I think it thing. gets a bad rake. I mean. You think the rake gets a bad rake. <laughs> you would. You would feel bad for the rake. You would. Look I mean, here. okay. Tell, listen. Listen, Linda. I'm listening. I'm listening, Linda. Explain. So you've, you've got the Wendy boy who is clearly evil. You've yeah. got, um, gosh, what else have we talked about? All of the different crazy, you know, the skinwalker, the, right. the Wendigo, the Puka. Shh. 
Anyway, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I love how you just <laughs> say the name properly. Like it don't mean anything. <laughs> but those no things are fear. evil. They are right. They're evil. They they are basically the essence of evil, and right. these like the rake just seems more like it's just trying to get along with nature, you know. It, it it's a like a nocturnal scavenger that just seems to kind of you know do its thing. It's skittish. It's shy. It doesn't want to be around, but it also is curious. I mean. There's been pictures or uh, stories of these things like peeking through windows, looking in houses and cabins going, huh, what's in there? You know? And just trying to survive, poor Rake. Listen, (laughs) there have also been been stories of them coming into the houses while people sleep and like watching them, you know, standing next to the bed, watching them, observing them going, you know, who are these people? What are they? Like, why are they in yeah. my territory? This used to be a swampland. Now it's all these weird structures that these people live in. Like, who are these people? And they come in, they look, and then they leave. They don't actually hurt you. They don't kill you. They don't, you know, except Listen, for the. I'm going to need you to take <laughs> your vacation house somewhere else. This right? is uh, my swamp. Get out of my swamp. That's a nice right? boulder. <laughs> Did you put that boulder there? Because that's a nice boulder. <laughs> the and rake like, rearranging the swamp. <laughs> I just feel like they're mis- another misunderstood cryptid. I really do. I feel bad for them. You know, they probably are. But see, I've heard stories about the rake too. But before I tell mine, we're going to listen to what Tina has to say. Hi. You know, usually curiosity does not get the best of me, but yet here I am looking up a hairless bear, and I think it's going to be enough to get any sleep tonight. Um, I already didn't get any sleep. Um, and and then Ooh, you know heard that the spooks from this podcast, and then the phasmophobia, and 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 now the hairless mm-hmm. bear. Malik, I'm going to end up staying up until eight o'clock in the morning tomorrow, and I. Yes, you are. <laughs> well, this is my We're, life now. I feel like I feel like that in order to continue to have Tina work for us and work with us, we need to let her get some sleep. No, we're probably going to end up having to pay for her therapy. Like this poor girl. <laughs> like we're going to have to start up a, a Tina therapy fund. <laughs> I feel so bad. I need to send her some melatonin. <laughs> All right, now she quoting Shrek. Yep, that's enough Red Bull. No more. You don't need any monster. You don't need Red Bull. What's what's the other what's the other uh, uh, energy drinks that you youngins be drinking all the time? Bang. Don't need to be drinking. What's, what's, what's the other one? Mm. It's I can't. Bang. You know the you know the energy drinks y'all be drinking. Y'all you I don't do. need none. None. Celsius is another good one. I got that in the refrigerator too. Celsius. I bought some of that today too. So that's for also record, a backup in the refrigerator. For the record, what? Tina, I don't actually drink any uh, energy drinks. I drink I water and, and occasionally pop. But that's about it. I'm, you northerner. 
When did you Shut become up. such a Yankee? What, <laughs> Listen, what happened you to you, you transplant? And everybody says pop. You, they look at you weird when you say soda, but we're starting to get off topic here. It's <laughs> Just not say pop. It. It's Coke. It's pop. I need a Coke. Is Pepsi okay? No, I need Coke. I need no. Coke. Coke. Pepsi. Pepsi no. products. Oh, this is going to be a whole <laughs> nother podcast. We're going to have man. I'm, I'm going to ignore what you just said, and I'm going to go on to the next comment or we, them fighting words. <laughs> in that therapy session, they'd be like, well, Tina, how, how's, how, what's going on today? What's going on this week? And be like, well, let's talk about the first podcast. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> Let's talk about the first podcast that I listened to with uh, Sooth and Kellick about the Cytosyphili and how they lived in peaceful harmony with the uh, the people who had no heads and uh, they were monopods with one giant foot and their head their faces were in the uh, center of their chests and we had a debate for so, an hour on where their brains and nervous system was. Yeah, that's a so thing. So Tina, where does it all begin? Please share with us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Okay, we're going to go back to what we originally talked about. And, and we'll discuss yeah. Tina and her therapy sessions on another podcast. <laughs> poor Tina. All right. Hashtag so, poor Tina. That's how it's going to be from now on. So, so here's my story. Hold on, hold on. I'm going to tell you. You had a story. This heart wrenching. Right. You know, let's go back to the <laughs> the 90s and early 2000s with what's her face and that commercial for just two dollars a day, and you too <laughs> can save a puppy and for the AS, a, what was it a, a, ASCPA. What was it? Sarah McLaughlin. That's it. Right. You remember those commercials? You went on a whole. In the arms of an angel. You went there. That's where you went for 99 cents a day. You too can save a rake. (laughs) (laughs) Brought to you by Kellick. I mean, their hobbies are killing and stalking people. Their personalities are feral. Misanthropic, sadistic, vile, treacherous, brutal, taunting. But come on. There's... They're skittish and, you know, are Can mimic the voices of their loved ones. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) no. Let me tell you a story. You had your story, your little, you know, let me wring a blood out of a penny here. So here's mine. Here's mine. (laughs) This is my story about the rig. This lady, they had a lovely time at Niagara Falls. Please excuse Thor. Apparently, I'm about to have a really bad thunderstorm. That's the thunder going over my house. You're just going to have to excuse that. Thor's being loud today. I'll get to Thor, I promise. Anyway, they went to Niagara Falls. They had a great time. They went and watched all these like fireworks and stuff with the family, and they were exhausted. So they go home. They put the kids to bed. Her and her husband go to bed, and it's great. It's wonderful things. Fantastic. Blissful. Wonderful. Family outing. She had two kids. She had a son named Jonathan, and then she had a little girl. I think her name was Nancy. I can't remember, but that's what we're going to call her. And she thought her husband had gotten out of bed to go use the restroom, so she was going to take that opportunity to yank the covers back over because, you know, husbands like to burrito themselves in the middle of the night. I, too, have fallen (laughs) victim to that. I know you're there. I can see you. (laughs) 
And uh, when she did, her husband was still in bed and her yanking the covers over and woke him up. And he's like, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm sorry. I thought you got out of bed. And he's like, obviously not. So he rolls over and they're like, you know, doing a little tug of war. And her husband freezes, gasps, curls up in the fetal position and is like, "Uh uh-uh, no. And he starts peeking down at the foot of the bed. So she lifts her head to look at the foot of the bed. And there's this naked, curled up, feral looking man, all emaciated, Mm -hmm. gross looking, sitting on the foot of the bed, not facing them, but looking out their bedroom door down the hallway. <clears throat> not saying anything, just kind of breathing all raggedy and looking all nasty. Had a little bit of a smell to him. It just was like, it was gross. It was gross. Husband ain't doing nothing. He is a few. <laughs> the wife, on the he, other hand, is like very much like Kellick. He's noped under the covers. He has noped all the way under the covers. But much like Kellick, the wife is like, oh. Poor thing. He looks like he got run over by a car. Does he need our help? Hey, Joe, do you think he needs our help? I think I'm going to help it. And Joe's like, uh-uh. No. We're not going to question the fact that he's naked, breathing all funny, sitting precariously on the foot of our bed in our house. How did he even get in here? Huh? Peggy's all like, nah, nah. He needs help. He's just a poor, helpless little animal. I'm going to help it. And just as she's going to go help it, it jumps off the bed, scurries on all fours, gets right up close to the back of her husband's head and just kind of pokes him and then runs out of the room. She's Uh like, oh, that was unnerving. That was a little crazy. (laughs) That was a little unnerving. Joe Bob sitting next to her. He is petrified wood at this point. He's like, nope. Nope. Peggy's like, no, I, I still think he's hurt. Jamie Bob Ray. No. I still okay. think he's hurt. Hold on. Hold on. It gets worse. Because this is the part where we're not calling Sarah McLaughlin to come and help <laughs> us. Okay. This is the part where Peggy Jo Sue gets up out of bed and is like, I'm going to go help it, Jimmy Ray Bob. It needs our help. <laughs> And she starts, you know, scurrying her little way down the hallway and turns the lights on. And there it is, all feral and hunched over their daughter, covered in blood. He has already started eating their child. Nom, 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 nom. (laughs) All over poor Nancy. And they rush out there. Oh, no, not Nancy. Not our baby girl. And the rake's all like... And runs off, scares through an open window, gone. <laughs> so, so uh, the so hold on, Jimmy Bob, the husband, picks up and cradles their daughter, and the daughter with her her breath all the death rattle. She's all, it was the rake, and he's like, no, don't die. And here's the, here's another crazy part for me. I don't understand why Peggy wasn't like, oh no, our daughter is being eaten by this feral beast. She's all like, you take her to the hospital, Jimmy Ray Bob. I'm going to stay here. And she does. She stays there. And Jimmy Ray Bob and Nancy are in the car. And they're just like, fast. We got to go fast. We got to go fast. We got to get to the hospital. Oh, no. And crash into a Red lake. Bull's kicking in. And die. Die. <laughs> death. Blood. Guts. Blah, blah. And neither one of them survive. It was well, crazy. that's on them. That was on yeah. them. But that's the right story I have. No Sarah McLaughlin in sight. 
Okay. okay. All right. Learn Double our advocate. lesson. We don't Double help advocate the here. rake. The rake eats children. Yes, it does. But you know what else eats children? Mountain lions, bears. Oh, we're talking coyotes, about those things. Okay. Wolves. Foxes. I mean, I don't think foxes any any predator that is the size to be able to kill a child. That's what they do. They're predators. They are. They yeah, are but- meat eaters after all. I mean, these just happen to have opposable thumbs, albeit talent. <laughs> opposable thumbs. Talent. Oh, this is not devil's advocate at this point. This is where we're going to take you to group therapy with Tina. <laughs> it didn't hurt. It didn't hurt the, the adults. It, it poked no. the guy. Just like, it, oh. poked. <laughs> it poked the petrified father and went after the defenseless eight-year-old. No, Again, poor Nancy, not in the hallway. I don't know. I'm just saying. You, wow, can't, have- you can't come up with any you can't come up with an excuse. You can't defend that one. I can. And no, I where? <laughs> when? Well, sure, it shouldn't have been trespassing. However, something trespassing. like that, that is feral, doesn't necessarily know the boundaries of a doorway. And, you know, if it can, it's it's like a cat with a box. If I fits, I sits. And that's what no. it does. <laughs> the rake. <laughs> if it's a child, I eat it. Well, you know, a wolf would eat a child, too, you know? Just saying. All right, we got comments piling up here. Oh, no. There you go. Let's play these comments. All right, I'm convinced. Um, I am now hashtag Team Rake. Also, I just want to say, if a rake is a tall, pale scrawny thing like can we just argue that and that slenderman is a uh, really bougie rake <laughs> yes i agree no actually rake. he he's got tentacular issues that uh he needs to work that, out yeah that makes him a depressed um oh god he's Who was it he's SpongeBob? the he's the depressed oh <laughs> depressed squidward yeah he's the spoopy squidward Yes, that's you. Uh, but I, but I can't believe your team rake. Hold on now. I love it. All right, we got that more. That was comments. early. That was early. Hold <laughs> on. He may, he may have made a mistake. We'll see. Okay, my um hashtag team rake comment is uh, going to sound uh, really bad after hearing this uh, eating <laughs> child. Uh, Come on. <laughs> I win. <laughs> I win. <laughs> Let me set up a poll to put in a Discord and do see it. how many people will agree do that it. you do not need no Red Bull. <laughs> Hearing Hold up, how wait, you I act spoke with too Red soon. Bull is like Jesse and <laughs> hearing me when I'm on when I have candy in my system it, I, I understand their pain now I'm so sorry will that stop me from eating candy no but I understand your no. pain now it will not stop me from drinking Red Bull either so Nana do your poll do your poll do it I so I'm not doing this to complain I love you very much too 
Well, but again, you. no Red Bull, please. All right. All Thank the Red you. Bull. I love you. Every one of them. Man does not need to Every work point. out his tentacle issues. We're just going to leave it at that. Jesse, don't say anything. <laughs> we don't need to go and elaborate on what I'm saying. Uh-huh. He does not need to work on his tentacle issues. <laughs> <laughs> and here is Jesse's reply. If Tina doesn't stop eating candy, I'm going to get us a pet rake. Because, you know, at this point, if rakes are like cats, you know, I've always wanted a cat. There you go. Oh, yeah. lines have been Team drawn. Rake. Nah. Team Red Bull. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, okay, going back to the history of the thing, obviously the rake, the name of the rake is a modern term. It's been around since like 2005, creepypasta, that whole thing. <clears throat> but it dates back to... 1691 was actually pre 1600s, but most of those stories have been lost or destroyed over the years. 1691, 1880, 1964, 2003, and then we start getting into modern rake territory of 2006 and beyond. So it's been around a while. Um, I think that it's a long while. I think that it is a natural creature, albeit a strange one, that may not necessarily belong to this plane of existence. Um, I tend to subscribe to the idea that, um, you know, there are thin spots between dimensions and sometimes lower dimensional creatures find their way through, just like we find our way through other dimensions. Um, and disappear off the face of the earth. It happens all the time. But I think that these creatures come to our side and we wonder, how could these exist? What are these things? You know, they're evil, they're monstrous, they're magical, they're, you know, this and that. But I think that they are, these are just low level scavengers that are maybe opportunistic eaters. You know, they see a child. Hey, I mean, they're fair game. Mm. They're small. Mm. I mean, mountain lions do the same thing. Pre- it's a predator instinct. So you what? can't be too mad at them. I mean, I'd be upset that they got into my house. That's another issue. But then again, is it is it their fault for coming in? Or is it my fault for not locking the doors and windows? You know? Just saying. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> Whatever and you say. In fact, there is a gentleman in um in Canada who happened to see one on the on the wooded, you know, line beside the road and when he was passing this thing, it charged out onto the road and started chasing the car running next to it. But the the guy who was driving, he saw it, obviously freaked out. It changed his whole life. He's now on the hunt for this thing and persists even to this day to find this creature. Um, but even in that moment of terror and fear, he still had the impression that this thing was protecting something, something like a youngling or, you know, it's child so like a mama bear would protect its baby bear so again natural instincts of you know they're like it's very animalistic instincts are they humanoid sure does the animal instincts make it more 
terrifying? Absolutely. But is it really that bad? Like, is it? I don't know. I, I'm on the fence, but I'm I'm leaning towards I'm Team not. Rake. I'm I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. But they, you know, I'm gonna. I'll in all reality, it. in all reality, they are terrifying. I'd, I'd probably they crack are my pants terrifying. if we're not. But I, I digress. Yes. You do digress. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. That's all right. All right, we gotta go for Pete here. I'll stop eating candy when you stop drinking Mountain Dew. Now, <laughs> how about oh. that? How about them apples? Challenge. Oh. Listen, listen here, <laughs> children. Listen, hold on now. Everybody has their vices. It's okay. It's okay. We ain't, we ain't got to fight. We, ain't, we don't have to fight about it. It's all right. <laughs> it's okay. Jesse can have his Red Bull, or I can have my Red Bull, and Jesse can have his Mountain Dew, and Tina can have her candy, and we can all be hyper together. It'll be great. It's fantastic. I, I mean, it's a, I mean, it's it's underrated how awesome and creative you can be when you're when you're hyperactive. I mean, and then the crash <laughs> afterwards, you sleep so hard. I mean, for those of us that don't have sleeping disorders, I've heard that it's amazing the crash afterwards because then you just sleep like the dead. I don't know, like I but because <laughs> you know, but I've heard it's great. I've heard it's awesome. <laughs> We can all live and let live. We can all be by God. We can all be happy together. We can all be happy together. Speaking of, speaking of. Okay, Mm -hmm. so we were talking about earlier about how it's so difficult to find comparisons of the rake to other things and other uh, cultures aside from like the flush gate, right? Right. And then when we went on that whole two hour adventure on trying to tie it in to fae creatures and a lot of folklore that involve the fae or fairies, you know, it, we don't have, I've, I've noticed we don't have a lot of that in America, in the Americas, hmm. which also had my noggin thinking, like, where can I find fairy folklore in the Americas? Do we have that? I mean, outside of, you know, indigenous tribes and stuff, do we have that? I'm going to have to look it up now because I never, I never ventured myself outside of, you know, folklore from Europe and Scotland and Ireland and all of that. And I do know that in Japan, they have, you know, Japan and China and in Asia proper, actually, they have their own fake cultures, but they call them demons, Right. Right. <clears throat> so in, it's like, so where's, does okay. America so have, I, have fairies and stuff? We need to end I can actually, fairy discrimination. I can actually touch on that a little bit. Uh, I don't know a ton about it because, you know, my research is very limited on it. However, um, for the Scandinavians that came across, you know, the Arctic, the Pacific, or I'm sorry, the Atlantic, Pacific, what am I talking about? go back to school um, <laughs> so they they journeyed across the atlantic you know arctic ocean that that region that area um into canada and they did there are writings um of those settlements that actually talk about how yes we have the fae here too however um 
they don't really, I didn't see any other details to it besides that as to like what kinds or things of that nature. But if they are saying that they're there, maybe they're seeing correlations between creatures in the Americas versus the creatures that they they use the term fey for in uh, Scandinavia. So it's possible that what we do see here in the Americas, like the, you know, the rake, the flesh gate, the pale crawler, and, you know, Bigfoot, and all of the, I mean, you and I were talking earlier about how uh, one of the fae matched up with the Bigfoot um, yeah. you know, description. So, you want to talk about yeah. that at all? Oh, goodness gracious. I had that marked. There is a there is a, a fae creature that does resemble, it's a troll, actually. I can't remember the name of the troll. I'll have to get to it. But it is, um, oh, here it is. <laughs> it's called Perfect. the Eels. I flipped right to it. It's like the universe was just like, oh, I got you, girl. Here you go. Nah. Um, it's it's called the Eels, spelled I-L-L-E-S, and they hail from Iceland, also in other parts of Scandinavia. And they live underground and can only come out at night. They're hairy and dark in color and completely unclothed. They are very confusing, if not dangerous, to humans because they can shapeshift into beautiful human forms for just long enough to lure humans into their underground world. But they're hmm. giant and hairy. Like Bigfoot. Like a Bigfoot. The only difference is yeah, but the only difference is is that they can shapeshift. So it's basically so, okay. like and it's not even that big it's not even that big of a shapeshift though because they're still humanoid they just make themselves look pretty so it's like basically they just bathed in nair for a few minutes slapped on some makeup <laughs> and was just like look at me I'm pretty so right? I they're mean, like the Bigfoot went that way as they like point deeper <laughs> into the woods. Right? I'm not a troll. I'm not an eels. I'm not the Bigfoot. They went that way, you know, and they're just like casually throwing pebbles behind them. You didn't see that. Right. Right. So I, I mean if with that correlation being there between the Scandinavian you said it was called the eel? Mm-hmm. Okay. Pronounced eels. Um, Eels. So, with the eels matching the description of Bigfoot, it I feel like it's entirely possible that you know the Scandinavians that came over, and then obviously the early European settlers. Uh, I believe that they may have seen those correlations here, you know, in the Americas of similar creatures. So. Part of the research that we do is finding out, connecting the dots and making those correlations between cultures, because it's actually quite difficult. Because You almost have to dive down into the descriptions, get rid of the names, get rid of, you know, that, but like look right. up the behaviors and the descriptions and just go based off of those. Because if you just search mm -hmm. rake, I mean you'll find a million and one stories and stuff, but they're all based, you know, modern accounts and they're all based on this, like the creepy pasta thing, but they like, there's so much nine times out of 10. If it's a, if it's a cryptid and, you know, people have been seeing it for more than a hundred years, 
most likely it's been a thing for a really long time and there's some trace of it somewhere. And that's what we do. We try to find those and connect the dots to paint a picture. Right. Find the origin of it. Because a lot of creepypastas have an origin outside of the creepypasta. Like, like right. we like Slenderman. We connected the dots with Slenderman and found that it goes back to Phalor with the mm-hmm. Faceless Man. Um, and the Faceless Man actually has a connection to Japanese Phalor and demonology. So, I right. mean, they all connect in some form or fashion. Um, but with the Rake, where I had, I had issues finding him... Outside of the flesh gate, like outside of the flesh gate, outside of the creepypasta itself, there were, it was difficult for me to be able to match him or find similarities of the rake with other cryptids or known cryptids out there before 2005, 2000, well, 2003, to be honest with you, um, so, I mean, it's a successful creepypasta. I mean, the thing is pretty freaking creepy in itself, but it's got a lot of pieces like, um, like it Pulled being connected to, right. Like, I feel like it could be connected to the Fay or the Unseelie Court in some form or fashion, you know, with the puka. The puka eats babies. You know, that's like, right. it's one of its things. It loves to eat babies. It's it's like it's food supply. It doesn't leave a changeling behind or a little bobble or anything. It's just like, ooh, baby, it's, and snatches it and it runs just off like into the woods. Brazenly takes it. It's just mine. mine. Yep, my baby. This <laughs> thanks for the you know, the drive through dinner. <laughs> With dinner the whole creepy pie, you you brought up a good point there where um you know, it's hard to find things beyond, you know, that 2005 period where it first started. Sure, there's stories here and there, but I mean, really dating back to the 1960s, that's when it started. Mm-hmm. You started really seeing things happen. Like, you know, sightings are becoming a little bit more regular and stuff like that. But you brought up a good point of with the creepy pastas, like, is it, I mean, could we be making tulpas out of these things? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like with a tulpa, yeah. What a tulpa is, is a imaginary thing that because of the belief has become reality. It's literally manifest into reality based on the beliefs of people. And mm-hmm. I know that a lot of that traces back to like, some people believe that that's the same thing with deities and gods and stuff like that. But it, it makes you wonder, like, is, is it something that we're manifesting and bringing into this? And then you've got like the whole mixture of like, for instance, CERN with the whole time dilation and weird things, timelines and all that nonsense. Um, like, are we manifesting these things and then it just simply becomes part of our culture because it's almost like written in later kind of thing, you know? Like, imagine yeah. the, imagine looking at it from a, a writer's perspective. All right, you're three quarters of the way through the book and you go, hmm, you know what? I think I want to add a creature. And then you go back in history, back to the beginning of the book, start writing it in, and on, all of a sudden we have a history of it, even though we didn't before. So it's it's like 
are are we creating this? Are are we making this or manifesting this like a tulpa, or is it um, something that's an, a physical, tangible creature that's been around for who knows how long? Like, I would assume. Well, I mean, it could be. It could just be a you know a naked, emaciated Bigfoot. That's possible. I mean, if you think about it, Bigfoots hide and migrate and live in caves. And speaking of, oh, God, I wanted to bring this and we up. Don't I don't know if any... What? We don't know what their, their noses look like. Like, you know, right. Bigfoot, maybe without hair, they don't have a nose like the rake. Who knows? I, I mean, it could it could be an evolution thing, you know, or it could be a cousin yeah. of the Bigfoot. I'm I'm just going to have to dig more and figure that out because now I've got too many questions and not enough answers and it's just going to drive me crazy. But speaking of cave systems, I wanted yes. to bring this up earlier, but I got sidetracked because, well, you know, things happen. Um, <laughs> Red Bull. <laughs> Squirrel. <laughs> Shiny rock. Oh, sorry. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so yes, we have the rake, right? The, the rake and the cave systems. I don't know if any of our listeners have watched this before. And I'm, I've, I'm surprised that I haven't watched it yet with all the murder documentaries that I watch, especially to fall asleep. Um, missing 411. It has been speculated. Okay. And that the rake or other cryptids who are associated with the Appalachian Mountains and the the cave systems therein have something to do with the missing. Um, now, I don't want to go any further into the missing 411 because I don't know anything about it. I haven't watched the docu- docu-series yet, um, but I plan to. to and plus, I don't want... All on its own. Right, and I don't want to offend any of the families, so I'm not going to go in that direction. But I am going to go in the direction of the cave systems. There are so many stories, especially in Appalachian culture, of cryptids in those cave systems and places in the Appalachian Mountains that you just do not go. Like, you're warned from birth, don't go out at night, keep the doors locked, keep the blinds closed, close the, the curtains. You know, if you hear anything weird or something that sounds like a bird, but it's not, you know, you just don't pay attention. Don't go. Don't do the thing. Mm-hmm. So if you've got them running through these cave systems and then you look at how and where these alleged sightings of the rake and of Bigfoot and of the the dogmen have come from, they're in those regions and the Appalachian right. regions and those those cave systems going all the, uh, the whole eastern part of the United States down into the south oh. all the way up into the north. So from like, I think that to, to put it in like perspective wise as to, like geography wise um right. northern alabama uh all the way through the appalachian mountains up into canada um all of that whole region so we learned um in a previous episode or previous podcast that um the appalachians are actually the oldest mountain range in america in north america i should say um just due to like the shifting of the tectonic plates and all of that stuff. Um, 
the Appalachians have been here for a really, really long time um, in terms of like planetary evolving and stuff, because that that's one reason why the Appalachians aren't as grand as like um, the Rockies or the even the Sierra Nevadas, because those are still newer rock formations that are really, you know, they're still at the peak. Of their process. Uh, see what I did there? No, just kidding. That was bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you got a little funny there for a minute. <laughs> I couldn't help I like, myself. <laughs> I like your geeky puns. Your, your nerdy puns are so great, though. They're so adorable. I like the, the cut of your jib. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the, the Appalachians are all system. And when you when you hear about sightings of the rake or the flesh gate or the you know the pale crawler and all of these they're in like Kentucky, Virginia, um, Michigan, Alabama, like all along that line of states where the uh, the Appalachians run, that's where they're found. Now, granted, there are there are some more sightings that are coming out um, further west in like Texas, uh, Montana. Uh, and all the way, obviously, as far north as Canada, but even in the Canadian plains, they're starting to see. So it's almost like these creatures are just starting to either get used to humans being here and less afraid, or um, they're starting to increase in number. I don't know. But either way, I don't really want them coming into my house. Just Absolutely, saying. I don't. I don't want them in my house either. But I just think it's interesting that they've they've utilized the cave systems. Like, how long have they been utilizing the cave? Is there like a whole civilization in there? I, I would like. It honestly, makes me wonder. Well, you know how like there's cer- certain cave creatures. They're like they don't have eyes. They don't like certain. Um, there's even like. A type of trout that specifically lives in caves that are born blind because they don't need eyes. They can't see in the dark. They don't, I mean, there's no light for them to ever see. So they're just simply born blind. They don't use that. That sense isn't there for them. And so, like, there's, uh, there's got to be other creatures that do the same thing. And I think that you might be right where there might be a civilization or at least packs of them, small groups, packs, villages, whatever you want to call them, um, clusters of these creatures. And even in like some tunnel systems, like, um, you know, modern day tunnel systems, like sewers and drains and stuff like that, they're found together. They're found, there's more than one of them. I saw several videos today where there was two and three creatures all peeking out from behind the corner, like, who's this? Who's in our territory? What are they doing here? And, you know, peeking out, looking and darting back and getting all afraid, trying to act intimidating, like with roars and screeches and, you know, trying to scare the people off, which again, goes back to team rake. Are they really bad? All right, Sarah. All right, Sarah. <laughs> Just saying. In the arms of <laughs> You too can adopt a rake. (laughs) For two dollars a month. (laughs) Don't forget to get your rake spayed and neutered. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay. They like cool climates, darkness. So, you know, whenever you do sense. happen to get one, keep them in the dark, keep them cool. Right. Take care of them. Don't keep them around your children. They are not kid friendly. That's uh, important for your adoption. Have their teeth and nails filed down before you introduce them to the family. They are meat eaters. (laughs) They are not omnivores or vegetarian. So that will uh, be rake abuse if you don't feed them raw meat. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Like my brain. My brain has gone in so many different directions here because I'm sitting here thinking at one moment I was thinking, do they run in packs? And if they do run in like twos and threes and they're like, are those scouting parties? And like, do they ever come in contact with their cousin, the Bigfoot? Because we know the Bigfoot has families. They run in family packs, right? Much like gorillas do, you know? Right. They have a social structure. So if they're all like sharing this cave system in the Appalachians, right? And they're moving back. Do they have like, do they have like an agreement? Like, okay, Thursdays, me and the fam are going to be going south. So that means right? you guys are going to have to stay up north on Thursdays. And then when we camp out, because we're going to call it quits like 6 p.m., y'all. So that means when we hit the hay, you can move. All right, but I don't want to see your spindly <laughs> legs, and I don't want to see you eating babies. I don't want to see none of that. All right, I got little Bigfoots here with me. Okay, we got miniatures, and we don't need to traumatize them with that. So y'all are gonna have to move when we're either sleeping or we're not here on Thursdays. So you got like six other days you could be moving and using these cave systems. <laughs> all right, so I'm just gonna need you to cooperate. Like, do they have like a whole system, or do they just kind of willy nilly it and it's like cryptic cave wars? Right, like get off my land. For, right, get off my land, Billy Bob. This one's mine, you hear? It's ancestral. <laughs> My great oh. great grandpappy. <laughs> he used to own this cave. <laughs> yeah. Inter- oh, it's too much. It's Interestingly too much. enough, um, I have actually heard reports. I know this is totally kind of a different podcast topic, but there have actually been reports that Bigfoot, Big Feet, Bigfoots, plural of Big Feet, Big. I don't know. Big, anyway, Big Feetses. The big big tootsies. Big uh, <laughs> so they have actually plural <laughs> known to bury their dead, which might be why we don't ever find bodies of them. And they have also been to herd animals like reindeer and use tools like um, like a herder hook, like a shepherd's hook. So. So, thought I'd throw that out there. In terms of like social structure, black and stuff like that, I think they're kind of a branch off of humanity. Possibly. I feel like the rake, I feel like if the Bigfoot was ever to come in contact with the rake, they would try to like domesticate it, you know? Like how humanity domesticated the wolf and it became like dogs and stuff for hunting and different purposes and whatever. Like they would right. try to domesticate the rake. For like hunting yeah. purposes, yeah. and it just didn't work out. 
So now they just came to an agreement. Like you stay over there, you take the Southern half and I'll take the Northern half, you know, (laughs) and we'll just be all right with each other. I don't know. It just feels weird. Just, it just feels weird to me. I agree. And I feel like there's so much more research that we can do on this, but it's going to take some real digging and like getting into the nitty gritty of it all to really figure out what the heck is going on. Who thought that the rake was going to be stump worthy? Like, I didn't know that the rake was, it's the rake. The rake's not going to, like, how is that going to stump It's just a spooky creature. It's a spooky creature. It shouldn't end with a creepypasta. I mean, we did find ties for other things, but I mean, like, it doesn't have a, maybe it's just that. Maybe it is just creepypasta that just was, like, born into existence because everybody just just chose to believe in it. You know what I mean? But, I don't know. I don't know. It's creepy all on its own. That makes you wonder, like... Are we forming our reality? Are we cre- literally manifesting our reality in real time? Like, and not just in like the current time right now, but all of our history. Like, if if somebody starts believe, if let's say a group of people start believing something and they somehow manifest that into reality. Does it have a history written into? Like, does it get manifest? Like, oh, yeah, Magellan talked about that. Like, what? I never knew that. Like, you know, it's... I don't know. It, it's In this day and age, anything's possible. Right? Like the Blemier, you know, or like the Sinocephali and stuff like that. Like, we didn't know anything about those. And then we start researching and it's just like dogmen, Sinocephali, pre... Like, pre... I don't want to say prehistoric times because, you know, it wasn't that far back, but, you know, 2000 plus years ago, I mean, these things were around. So are we manifesting this and just like history's writing itself in? I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of reality that I don't know. And I am not nearly equipped to handle those deep questions. (laughs) (laughs) questions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not either. I'm not, I'm not, I, I can't, I can't delve that I'm deep. It tends to start baking my noodle too much. Yeah. It, it's interestingly interesting enough that it makes me ponder it and wonder it, but like too much that I, I can't like actually find the answer or spend my entire life searching for the answer. Right. I'm not that interested in it. I'm not that interested in the rate to spend the rest of my life trying to find it. I have other things that I'm that interested in, but not the rake. The rake isn't it. The, the, The flesh gate, also not it. I mean, if I ever come in contact with a flesh gate, I'm probably gonna look at it cross eyed and be like, dude, I wanna be scared of you, but at the same time, like, are you a flashback? Like are you right. are you a flashback? Like, I need to know. The, the flesh gate really the only the only difference between the pale crawler, the flesh gate, and the rake, um, the rake tends to from the descriptions, the rake tends to have longer claws. The uh, the flesh gate tends to have that ability of mimicking and even shape shifting, which seems almost more like a magical creature. 
even though it shares the same physical characteristics of the rake. And then the pale crawler is almost more like a skittish, darting, kind of terrified of people kind of creature that shares, again, the same uh, physical description of these. So I don't know if there's any Kind of? It's it's a pale cockroach. That's weird, man. We got... Let's listen. Let's listen what they get to say. Let's listen to these comments. Oh, there's actually a really good movie called The Descent. I made Tina watch it with me oh. once. Uh, oh. It's about these like humanoid creatures mm. that live in the caves, and they feast on things like that get near the cave entrances at night. But they're blind, and so they only focus on what they can hear. It's really good. Right. If you haven't seen it, you should check that out. I've seen I it, have, Jesse. I've seen it. I have nay, not, nay. Seen it, not seen it, but I probably won't me. see it. No, you should watch it. You should uh, definitely yeah. watch it because it's good. Uh, okay. If you got a fear of caves and being underground and then caves filling up with water. See, that's what scared me. That's that's what's not for moi. No, thank I, you. It wasn't the creepy cave monsters. It was the cave itself. That was like, mm -mm. I made it through The Descent. I am very proud of myself for making it through that movie. But I will not be watching it again. Girl, I I made it through. Okay, well, then it's not for you. But Big Red might like it. Big Red might like it. I'm just saying. He might like it. I wouldn't be surprised if he's already seen it. Probably. We got another comment. But that's that's a nay for me. Yeah. Um, I got a pun for y'all real quick. (laughs) Breaking news. The Energizer Bunny got arrested. He was charged with battery. (laughs) Oh. I'm done. Dad joke. I love it. I love it. I love dad jokes. They're the best. Dad jokes are amazing. All right. Speaking of which, it is that time, ladies and gentlemen. And babies and babies. It is the end of the podcast for tonight. Thank you so much for joining us and listening in for the rake, the flesh gate, and the pale crawler. I appreciate all of you being here. We always love the interaction that we get from our listeners. Thank you so much for making this another fun podcast. Above our head is a link. In this link contains the link of all links. It takes you to every link. The twit. We have a Twitter account now. If you're not following it, you're behind on the times. We also got an IG. We've got a, a Tic Tacs now that are run from our wonderful social management team who are also here tonight, Tina and Jesse. Thank you so much for putting that all together for us. We really, really appreciate the both of you. you guys are amazing. You do great work. Yes. And we couldn't do it without you. Um, wonderful. Wonderful. We also have a Discord. If you're not following the Discord and you're not a part of the Discord, then what are you doing with your life? All of the spoopy, right? We got the spoopy videos. We've got all of the discussions. We've got links to everything that we talk about in each podcast and all of the channels of the Discord. And if you've got any suggestions or any spoopy things that you want to share, we are more than happy to read what you've got. And we don't use anything without anybody's permission. So everybody is there to discuss and cuss and discuss and eat snacks. So thank you so much for being here. And don't forget, check under your bed tonight. Find your great 
snuggle buddy, get some snacks, and don't forget the salt, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for being here, and we will see you on next Friday for the Paranormal Umbrella and next Wednesday for yet another wonderful cryptid. Have a great night, everyone. Take care, everyone. Thank you.